Hey guys, today is the one-year anniversary of Kobe and Gigi Bryant's death. Uh, hoping they and the other victims of the horrific helicopter crash from last year are resting in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Rafa and I are going to take this opportunity to talk about Kobe. Um, we're going to break down his 61 points against the Knicks in 09. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about the do it, Kobe Do and Work documentary with Spike Lee. Yep. And we'll close with uh, what Kobe Bryant meant to us as basketball fans. Uh, my name is Carlos. Join us always by Rafa. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Got Next Podcast. All right, so we're going to be breaking down Kobe Bryant's 61-point game, Madison Square Garden, February 2nd, 2009. What were your initial thoughts from rewatching this game? It just reminded me of how much of a tough shot maker this dude is, man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Some of the shots he was making. Oh I know. my god. I, yeah. I mean, I was really paying attention to to see like what kind of shots he was gonna get, but like almost all of them are tough contested mid range shots that just sink in, and it, it kind of explains why his playoff production doesn't really dip from the regular season. He just, his tough shot making ability is unmatched. It's unreal. Yeah. Like his bag, he was in his bag in this game. Like he really was like that. Hyatt from the game is always that, you know, that fake then spin move over Chandler. I think it was. Oh, that like weird, funky reverse spin. Like where he basically (laughs) does a full 180. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, that was the, his last field goal. That brought him to 59 points. Yes. When you, when you first saw that, how quickly did you go outside and try it? <laughs> I remember going to McDonald Road in Hong Kong. That's where I <laughs> tried oh, yeah, that yeah. the next day, dude. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> I never made it. <laughs> no, it's so hard. It's really difficult to find your balance. Because, yeah. like... Even, even usually spinning that way off a pivot, you'd, as a right-handed shooter, you should be in line. But because you have to spin like a full 180, you never really get like your full alignment. So you have to like twist the one way and then kind of twist a little more in the air to get, get it right. Yeah, and, you can't, and it's really hard to do it without like lifting your pivot foot as well. Yes. So, which like, Kobe's fundamental is just on point. In the, on the footwork. <laughs> So I, I tried this in a, in a summer game. I, I, I didn't dare. I was a freshman when, when I saw that. I didn't really try it till like summer basketball. I, tr- I tried it in the game. I got called for a travel. What is this like inter, in, intervillage, intervillage or something? Yeah. So I tried this in the game and it, I traveled. I got called for a travel. I would, like, I would bench you. Yeah, no, big time. But like here, I, I'm, I'm watching it again and it's just, it's not just the move itself, like how he sets it up. Because it's like you have to do a, a, a one-two to the shot fake. Like your footwork has to be a one-two. You can't jump stop because then it's a travel. Yeah. And, but then like you have to keep that left pivot foot on the ground. It's insane. It's difficult. And Yeah, I re- yeah it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And then I guess the reason we couldn't do it is because we're not, we can't jump high. <laughs> I, he, the elevation helps him get his uh, alignment that you were talking about earlier. I mean, I just his – he he just has this really good balance to it. Like, that's the thing. Um, it's not – it's a little bit the elevation, but 
you watch how he sets his feet pretty much the same. It's the same width every time. Like, it doesn't collapse. It doesn't get too far. He's always on balance. That's the thing about Kobe. Like, that's why his difficult shot making, even if he's leaning towards one way for fade, he still makes these shots. He's still <laughs> aligned with the hoop. It's, un- it's insane. Like, it- it, it's actually insane. Like, th- as you mentioned, like, all of his shots were tough. There were only, like, a few where he got, like, easy easy baskets maybe like off like a pin down from the triangle he got an open baseline jump shot yep he had a cut he had a cut to do to, for a layup yeah on a blind a take action break baskets. yeah a couple of fast yeah. breaks early on he did have that pin down off ball screen wide open three speaking of three so l- let's take a quick peek at the box score so he took 31 shots to get 61 points and he only took six threes he hit Half of them. Six threes. And he was 19 for 31 overall in the field. That's good for 61%. And then he got to the free throw line 20 times. <laughs> and he made all of he them. He made all of them. Um, and we were mentioning right before this, but Paul Gasol Loki had a really good game. Dude, he, he, he really did. He, he wrecked the Knicks. The Knicks didn't have anyone who could, who could stop him. I know. Him. I mean, 31 points. He was 12 for 17. He got 14 boards. Like, that's... Pau Gasol. Five assists as well. Pau Gasol, really underrated guy. I, I loved that pairing of Kobe and Pau. They had such great chemistry. Yeah, for some reason, Luke Walton was still starting in this game. <laughs> <laughs> You're not, yeah, for some weird... Trevor, Trevor Ariza eventually... Trevor Ariza eventually replaced him. Yes. And he played better than, um, than Luke in this game. Yes. I mean, I think in the playoffs, the Lakers ended up with a, an Andrew Bynum Powell starting and then Lamar Odom coming off the bench. And then Trevor Ariza. Yeah, yeah they the had a reason. Yep. Though, though. Let's see. Uh, anything else about this game? I just brought back memories. 2009. Like, 2000, I remember like the 2009 season pretty vividly just because it came off the Lakers losing the year before. Right. And I was right. a really, really diehard Lakers fan growing Growing up, uh, <laughs> and still, and there's like the revenge season for the Lakers. The, the, yeah, no, I yeah, more reasonable, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I one thing that I appreciated from from Kobe here is, um, I know he's like deep in his bag, but his off ball movement is something that's really underrated. Yes, yes. Underrated about him, and how he uses that to constantly be attacking the defense. That's not something we should ever not pay attention to. Of course, because his on-ball actions are so great that no one pays attention to his off-ball action. But really, his off-ball action is the thing that creates a lot of the shots for him. He, gets, he actually does get... Uh, I'm, I'm watching this as we're recording. He's getting a lot of easy... Okay, maybe not easy, but a lot of the shots that he's getting are <laughs> off the catch, off the move. And that's something that he gets it like in the spots he wants it. Yeah, and that's something that people really don't understand about Kobe is that he was a great off-ball player too. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else to add before we move on? The Knicks sucked. <laughs> oh yeah, they they were terrible. I mean, <laughs> let's not even get into it because we'll go on a rant. So <laughs> let's move on <laughs> to the, the next thing we wanted to talk about because right basically right after this game. Right after this game, um, Spike Lee, who is, of course, at this game, 
had Kobe Bryant come in and break down an early season matchup between the Lakers and the Spurs in the same season. Um, and this is the, yep. is it a documentary? It was kind of a documentary. It was like basically Kobe and Spike Lee talking through the game. Yep. Oh, no, you know what? It was a late-season matchup between the Spurs and the Lakers last year. During his MVP season, trying to get the first seed going into the playoffs. So that was it. Kobe is just basically breaking down the things that he was figuring out on the fly during that game. And the Lakers had Pau Gasol at this time. And it's, if you haven't seen it, it's Kobe doing work. It's one of my favorite things to watch. And when it first came out, and I like, pirated it on LimeWire, I can't tell you how many times I watched it, trying to pick, like, I took notes and I was trying to find little details to add to my own game. Because oh, wow. there's a lot to unpack here. The subtleties of For the sure. game. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on, on, on that film? Well, I think I, I first watched it, I think I was already in college because I found it on YouTube. Um, but it's just like, there's so much like detail he went into. Like, he knows like, he know, I think there was one play in particular where he was like, he, he fouled someone just because he knew he was terrible at the free throw line. Or like he let him, or he let him through the three. I forget the exact context, but he basically had like everyone's um, stats in his mind to know like how to defend them. Yep. And he knows like what advantages he has on defense. Yeah. Uh, and how he can play, how he can take, take advantage of those while playing defense. Yes. Or take shortcuts, I guess. <laughs> A little bit shortcuts, yeah, but it's like, a couple of the things that I loved about that too, and you're, the, what you're describing is his pre- preparedness. Like he, he breaks down film yeah. really well, which makes sense why ESPN Plus had him breaking down that film, which I loved. Detail, yeah. Detail, yes. And one of the things that I love is that there are multiple clips of him scheming with Pau Gasol in Spanish, by the way, which is fun, <laughs> talking to Jordan Farmar and Sasha Vujacic about things that he's seeing giving them a little bit of confidence, making sure that they understand where they're going to get their shots in the, in the flow of the offense. And one big thing that is misunderstood about Kobe, yeah, there, there have been moments of his big trash talking, him berating his teammates, you know. He gets that rap. But this kind of shows you his leadership style. It's, it is tough love, similar to Michael Jordan. But that's really how he made his teammates better, right? So yes. you, you know how w- when people normally think of this guy makes his teammates better, what is, the, what is like their uh, reference? What is their framework around that? It's literally just, oh, he averages a lot of assists. <laughs> Therefore, yes. he makes his teammates better, which yeah. isn't necessarily like the biggest. It even came up during this Madison, this 62-point game. Yep. Our 61 point game. He, I think, he had a dump down to Gasol after like getting double teamed, and Spike Lee was like, "Oh, look, look at your MVP making making your teammates better." But it's not necessarily like, it's not necessarily true, right? Because yep. we mentioned before the pod, Paul Gasol can make a, a wide open dunk yep. regardless of who passes it to him. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we we talked like before in this pod, like a dump. Uh, if he's drawing two and there's a wide open dump down, if that was us, we should make that layup. That doesn't make us better yeah. basketball players. That just provided yeah, exactly. a wide open dunk. Same thing if we were wide open in the corner and he passed us. Like if our defender left us to guard him and he passes us the ball, you and I are decent shooters. We should be able to make that shot. That, didn't, that doesn't make us better shooters. Exactly, exactly. Right? 
But the things that he's doing on the court, he's scheming with Paul Gasol. He's saying after halftime, go here, and this is what I am going to do. And it, it opens things up for Pau, for him. Mm-hmm. Those are the things, the little details that make your teammates better. Other than, of course, patting them on the back, saying good job, or giving them constructive criticism. You know, he, I, there were a lot of clips of him doing this, specifically with Sasha, Sasha Vujicic this, this game. And I really appreciated it. Yeah, actually, I think it's, it's great that they got him to do it in this season, 2008. Yes. And like this period of this, this version of Kobe, just because this was like, he was really, he knew they could win a championship. Mm-hmm. He wasn't with Shaq. He wasn't, he's now like the main, the main leader, the main guy. Yep. So it was really like him in that role of being a leader. And it, the film like clearly shows how he did that in a very effectively. Yes. If you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. I think it illuminates parts of Kobe Bryant that people just, just don't, don't understand and never get to see. And to briefly mention like um, this book. So, uh-huh. yeah. So just to briefly mention this. Kobe Bryant, The Mamba Mentality, How I Play. The, Kobe Bryant released this book uh, a couple of years after he retired. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's great to read one, his process um, mm-hmm. of how to prepare for games, not just breaking down film, but how he, you know, how we assume that all these players have like a specific routine and Kobe Bryant's advice, according to this book, was always, no, 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 you have to listen to your body. Like, don't listen to the same music every day because some days you're already hyped up. You don't need to hype yourself up with more music. You need to calm down. Like, listening to your body, understanding how you're feeling, figuring out what you need at that time, right? That's, that's something yeah. that is really important. And how, and it also breaks down how he used to train with guys. And it's, more of you go at game speed because that's how you're going to play. And I remember him talking specifically with Karan Butler. So remember Karan Butler played with Kobe for one season in the Lakers and 2005. Yeah. yeah. And pretty shortly after Karan Butler became an all-star, he was selected the all-star team. And it's because like the way he was training with Kobe and Kobe knew that Karan was going to have a breakout season. He's disappointed that he didn't spend another season. Yeah, he was pissed that they traded him, pissed if I, tra- I remember correctly. Which, I mean, could you imagine this Lakers team with Karan Butler? It's, yeah, yeah. Even, be, even better. Exactly. Um, anything else to add on this uh, before we talk about the last, last part of this podcast? As you said, it's on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. I pop it up right now. You guys can watch it. Watch it, <laughs> yes. Take a look. We can, let's link it in the in the description of the episode sure sure yeah. we'll put it in the description we'll put notes. that in the description all right and so the last part of uh this podcast we're just gonna talk about kobe bryant's legacy um and not just as a player but things that he was getting ready to do because i feel like his life after basketball was really just well after nba i should say was really just taking off yeah i mean it like it was really sad like at the time he time he left like based on like what he was doing or what he was i guess producing Mm -hmm. kobe incorporated seemed to be headed in a a really good direction it did it did um yeah yeah i was really looking forward to i think he wanted to i I think there was a recent tweet that came out that he wanted to 
like break away from Nike and start his own shoe brand. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, which is very <laughs> interesting. And I love the the concept of um, making it for the players, designed by the players, because I think he was one of the first guys to really pay attention to his shoes and the, like yeah. have significant input. Because I remember the first time I the Kobe fours was like this. Rev- like this generational shoe like it's it's so popular now it's to the point where that kobe is almost getting to the level of not quite the level of jordan's but people are wearing that kobe just as streetwear it's so popular i think he would that's what he was wearing this in this med- he was the, the madison square was. garden game right i yeah. bought a pair and that was the first time i had really like played basketball in low cuts and i was like holy shit these are amazing yeah, yeah, like that. That they, those shoes converted yeah, me. Yeah, they converted I, me for sure. I had, I had the, I had the Kobe four, five, and six. I had four, <laughs> I five, had six, seven, eight. Three. I went, I went all the way to eight. Yeah. Dang. No, like the the low. One tops. of my f- favorite series of shoes for sure. Here's the thing: like I grew up, I have chronic ankle instability, so I sprained my I used, I sprained my ankle every high school season, like once, and it was always yes. like the first game. But, you know. But the Kobe low tops really helped because I developed like actual ankle strength and it minimized the number of times I sprained my ankles. It's in middle school, you remember, it was bad. Remember the ankle insurance? The, the, it was part of their ad. Yes, I remember for that. For ad campaign for the shoe. Yep, brilliant. But uh, to pivot, one thing that I loved about Kobe was his support of women's basketball. Like not just for yes. his daughter because Gigi, I mean, Gigi had next. First of all, Gigi had next. Gigi for sure. had next. She was a baller, um, and but I also loved how he always supported women's basketball. Like the first pick in the WNBA draft, I think in 2019, I can't remember, but Sabrina Ionesco, she went through Kobe's camp, and mm. you know when Is she got picked, who- she devoted something yeah. to Kobe on on social media. He always supported WNBA teams. Like he, he worked out with Candace Parker um, and a couple of other LA Sparks and other players in the WNBA. Yeah. He was teaching them ball handling and stuff. And he always wore the WNBA hoodie. Like I, I always appreciated how he supported. Like it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a baller, you're a baller. Yeah, that was like one thing. Hopefully, like it's still something that can continue. For the WNBA, but it was unfortunate they lost such a big ambassador for them. For sure, for sure. And one of the potentially one of their greatest players as future players, yeah, Gigi. Yeah, future for Gigi, Gigi. Bryant, because one hundred percent Gigi had next. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, now the last part of, and and you know we're we're trying to keep this at a short a short time. Um, but yeah, you know, like our other episodes. Yes, but that that doesn't do Kobe Bryant's legacy outside of basketball justice um but the the last thing i kind of want to talk about what did kobe bryant mean to you yeah well kobe bryant was or what is the reason why i I fell in love with basketball i remember watching all the lakers games Shaq and kobe uh in the early 2000s as like a (laughs) five-year-old um (laughs) Particularly that 2002 run is the one I remember the most. The, those ki- the Kings-Lakers series, the infamous Kings-Lakers series. I remember watching those a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would miss the game. I would miss the game in the morning because of school, of but course. I'd stay up to watch the replay. <laughs> of course, of course. And then 
Um, and then as I grew up, I continued being a Lakers fan. And then it, the re- the seasons that really like remember I, that resonate with me the most 2000, 2006, Kobe going ballistic, scoring all those points. Yes. Nearly beating the Suns. I was really pissed they didn't beat the Suns <laughs> that year. Um, and then 2008 to 2010, that those three years, well, including 2011, but they, they sucked in 2011. Yep. <laughs> but 2000, losing in 2008 was heartbreaking. I saw how much it, it affected Kobe. And then them coming back with a vengeance in, 2000, in 2009. Yep. Game one against the Magic, his, the infamous <laughs> Kobe stare. Yeah, that was my favorite. I love that. And I love I, that. Yeah, and obviously beating the Celtics in 2010, one of the cherished memories. Of course, as a Lakers fan, <laughs> I was in school trying to watch it. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, we're trying to stream it on like um, illegal sites. Atdhe. Atdhe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to watch these these finals games, not paying attention in class. 100. percent I feel you. Um, <laughs> How about you, man? Sorry, I think I talked for No, you're good. I mean, it's Kobe Bryant, you know? So, of course, just from a basketball standpoint, this was in 08 to 2010. I was just getting into high school. And I, when I was, I had, I knew I had to switch my game up because in, in middle school, I was center. I was this height already. I was 5'9. But in high school, I was 5'9. So I know I was going to have a quick Forever. switch from... You're still 5'9". I'm, I'm, be clear, I'm now 5'8 and a half. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm 5'9". But I knew I was, very quickly I was going to have to learn how to shoot. I couldn't just get away with my height anymore because I was going to be one of the shorter players. Kobe Bryant was the guy I watched his, from his mid-range pull-up, um, his footwork, not just his, like, his footwork on dribble pull-ups and on pivot shots. So I could kind of roam around, like go, no matter where I ran, I could turn around and I could shoot. Not necessarily in a post-up, but and mm. his defense. I took, I watched tape of his defense and that's what got me to be a good defensive player. But really like the, the big thing that I still do now is as corny as it is, Mamba mentality, but it's not like really my interpretation of Mamba mentality is care about your craft like to really give a damn about what you do you know learn every day work hard at what you do but also constantly self-evaluate yourself like i i tend to say like not like you could never say anything worse than what i've said to myself internal dialogue and people always like take that as dude you're like really harsh on yourself but and maybe so but it is the thing that I learned from Kobe the most is to, to self-criticize, to really like be reflective of yourself. That more than anything, like not just basketball, it, that, like that's something I, I take, I use in my life. You have to give a shit. It definitely it. transcends sports. 100%. The Mamba mentality. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that's kind of, for me, that's really Kobe's big legacy for me. I'm getting teary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm like tearing it, up. It's he he left us too soon. Like the only the only yeah, celebrity man. death that's ever like truly affected me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but that yeah. that really hit it really hit me. Yeah, I wouldn't say the only one, but that that one really hit me for sure. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed this special episode. 
of the Got Next podcast devoted to the great Kobe Bryant. You know, there's really only one question we have for you. And what did Kobe Bryant and his legacy mean to you? Who's Got Next? <laughs>